A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 42. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week with me on the couch, I had Matthew Walk, a veteran healthcare entrepreneur with over a decade of experience in the healthcare, pharmaceutical, and medical technology industries. On Sunday, Matthew shared lessons from his personal relationships holding on too long and how to get a clear picture both in relationships and business. We also discussed the consequences of trying to force your own vision in business and relationships. On Tuesday, Matthew shared his wisdom on how to let go in ways that can open up bigger and better opportunities. Matthew also shared his perspective on making mistakes, learning, failure, and lessons he wished that he had been able to learn the easy way instead of the hard way. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 40 and 41 right now. As a quick note, today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter because I'm actually in need of some vocal rest, and I even spent most of the Thanksgiving weekend not talking, resting, and caring for my throat and my voice. Today, I'm continuing to talk about a paradigm emerging through neuroscience and how to harness the strengths of mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and a newly emerging paradigm that I talked about a little bit last week on episode 39, about what emotional intelligence and mindfulness got wrong. I'm sharing my own set of strategies, tactics, and tools that I've been developing over the past three years to increase your adaptability and leverage the human side of business. Before we dive in, I want to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, If you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger, if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change like they have so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. 
Adaptability coaching and consulting will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-based tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching or dryishai.com slash consulting. Now, without further ado, let's dive into my neuroscience-based paradigm to adapt and thrive in business and life. You're hired. It's one of the most exciting moments of my life, followed by a year's worth of the hardest moments of my life. It's 2017 and I'm just completing my PhD, finally getting to the place where I get to call myself doctor, which means the world to me. The culmination of seven years of hard, consistent work and growth. I'm a doctor, finally, and a psychologist. Well, almost. One final year of full-time supervised work, my postdoc residency, and the psychology equivalent of the bar exam for lawyers. And then I'll be a full-fledged psychologist. I don't realize it at the time, Because it isn't what I imagine, but the year is full of late nights, weekend, and lots of people, 30 or more per week, asking me to help them, to make them feel better. I feel out of my depth, though. Not because I have lackluster training. Not because I'm unqualified. It's because I don't have the power to make people feel better. Being put in the position to do so is actually a bit of a lose-lose proposition. If I succeed, the patient gets to take no credit. They came in with a problem and someone else fixed it. If I fail, then the patient is worse off than they started. They came in with a problem and I failed to fix it. So I get to work using all the skills, tools, and tricks in my bag, all the evidence-based treatments and practices, all my courses on human development, psychological disorders, therapy, and treatment. I share my work openly and ask my supervisor for guidance. I reach out and build relationships with therapists who've been doing the work for 20 years, 30 years, and more. I don't think it's a surprise that human beings and the human brain are more complicated than a diagnostic or treatment manual can explain or fix. What may come as a surprise is that great therapists realize how much they don't know the longer they're in practice. Great therapists develop their own style and model to understand people and help people understand themselves. I got a bit of a head start in 2017 when I dove into the deep end of seeing 30 or more patients per week. In all honesty, it's also about my own journey before that point, a journey I talked about in episode 15, Infinite Adaptability. A journey of having big, uncontrollable, destructive reactions as a child. A journey of learning to clamp and shut down on those reactions as a teenager only to find that doing so left me without drive or purpose. A journey of having to find another way to understand myself and my reactions. Okay, so what does all of that have to do with this new paradigm? I'm getting there. I learned all about mindfulness and the emerging research on how it can help patients. I learned how to merge it with other research-backed treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy, that address thoughts and actions to help us feel better. 
I learned about the neuroscience of therapy and how the right conditions and experiences in therapy can help rewire the brain. But through it all was a nagging problem. One I pointed out last week when I talked about what's wrong with the mindfulness and emotional intelligence paradigms that have been so meaningful and impactful as movements. Every approach made a critical assumption about emotions, one that my patients were also making when they came in and shared their aches, pains, frustrations, anxiety, depression, anger, overwhelm, and whatever else they were feeling. They assumed the feelings were disruptive and problematic. They assumed the feelings were unhelpful. When they first came in, many of my patients would have paid me to surgically extract those feelings if I could use a psychological scalpel to carve it out of their minds and hearts. But I learned that's not a helpful assumption to make, nor is it a healthy way to have a useful dialogue or relationship with our own bodies, brains, and feelings. So I started asking them, when do people in general have the thoughts and feelings that you're having? What would that feeling whether it's in your body or as an emotion, what would it say if it could speak? What does your emotion want for you? And you'd be astonished asking the question thousands of times has yielded. Before I dive into that, I want to take a moment and recap some of the most important findings in recent neuroscience around emotions. One is the work of Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett, who shares that the overarching findings of her over 25 years studying emotions and neuroscience is that emotions are guesses. It's our brain helping us anticipate, prepare, and take action based on our past experiences and what we expect to happen. Other psychology and neuroscience research is showing how emotions are often functional in that the variations and reactions that people have can actually serve a purpose. It's not always obvious nor is it always just for the benefit of an individual, but it is trying to help. For example, the work of Ayn Dorr and his colleagues uncovered that the levels of anxiety and attachments or close relationships can actually have purpose that benefit groups. People with more anxiety and close relationships will often perceive danger earlier and raise the alarm sooner. Those with less anxiety are more likely to stay calm and help the group handle danger together. Coming back to my work with patients, asking those questions thousands of times led to three particularly powerful principles about our emotions that fly in the face of how we think about and relate to our feelings, yet, in my experience, rings deeply true with every person I've had the conversation with. Here are the three principles, which I call the three P's that provide a unified explanation for all emotions at all times. The first P is that emotions show up under specific parameters, which means that they aren't random, but show up under a generalizable set of circumstances. We aren't happy when someone crosses our lines, and we aren't angry when someone gives us a meaningful, touching, thoughtful gift. The second P is that emotions have purpose. In fact, each emotion has multiple purposes, That is to say, following the previous point, emotions show up under a specific set of circumstances because they have intent and function rather than just being chaotic and disruptive with no purpose whatsoever. The third P is that emotions predict and then they anticipate, meaning that they draw on our past experiences and memories in order to fulfill their purposes and try to help us, or perhaps the group, 
that we are a part of in whatever situation that those emotions are showing up in. Emotions can also learn and change over time. And so they can even be quite persistent. Over the next three weeks, I'm really going to dive deeper into each of the three P's I outlined because there's so much depth to them. Overall, the new paradigm is a kind of scientific way to think about emotions. Just like the scientific method is about observing, formulating hypotheses, and testing them, so too here I spent years observing emotions, formulating these principles, and testing them. If emotions have parameters, it stands to reason that there's some sort of function to them. They're not random if they show up consistently under a set of circumstances. Even if it doesn't always succeed in fulfilling the function, research shows that emotions and expressing them is more often than not useful. If emotions have a function, then they may show up in different ways and even adapt to serve their function. Just like there are laws of physics that describe and explain how elements in the universe interact with one another, there may be principles that describe and explain the presence and qualities of emotions. So what's the relevance for all of this when it comes to business and leadership? I think it has everything to do with how we handle the human side of business. Because every business is made up of humans, those who work in it, those who work on it, those who support it by being paying customers and clients. In a world where we're increasingly outsourcing parts of our business to technologies, it is easy to forget or even discount the importance of the human side of business. Humans, we are emotional creatures. The beliefs we hold, the actions we take, the people and businesses we buy from all have deeply emotional roots. Which means how we understand emotions and how we handle emotions makes all the difference. Having an incorrect or unhelpful model for emotions can have far greater consequences than you can imagine. Just like I talked about in episode 36, the costs of missing or dismissing communication in business. When we think emotions are disruptive, we ignore or devalue the sometimes hidden communications and information embedded in them. We miss or dismiss the message without realizing that since they have purpose, those emotions contain invaluable information. Without critical information, we make mistakes in our decisions and communication, which is costly. So stay tuned because over the next three weeks, I'm going to uncover and share everything I've learned about this new paradigm and the three principles to help you in the human side of business. And on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, 
Our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 